All right, all right. So we're here today back with Connor to talk about Venezuela and, in my opinion, how irresponsible it is for foreign uh, countries, specifically Canada and the states, to be supporting a coup d'etat within Venezuela. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, um, yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't surprise me that, um, like, these Western nations have come out in support of, um, like, irregardless of how irresponsible and horrible the current government is, yeah. it doesn't surprise me that um, they're coming out and supporting the opposer and all this, yeah. um, or, like, the new kind of party and all this, because, like, there's a, there's, like, a long history of Western nations supporting coups in other countries and overthrowing democracy yeah. in their own self-interest. Yes, yeah, so, so just to give a backdrop on it, uh, Nicolas Maduro essentially is uh, one of the presidents uh, who's in contestation for the administrative arm of Venezuela right now with this other guy named Juan Guaido, uh, I believe. I'm probably butchering that name. But yeah, Maduro essentially is part of the uh, Chavista movement. He took over the government after Hugo Chavez, who came on the platform uh, with the Chavista campaign essentially which was a social regime that essentially was looking to take venezuela out of years of poverty and essentially allow social welfare programs to you know benefit the country itself uh had a lot of success actually early in the hugo chavez regime itself while we transitioned into the maduro regime sort of fell apart um you know a lot of reasons for that would be corruption but probably the major factor would be the uh, drop in oil prices as essentially Venezuela is the largest net oil producer and uh, has the largest known and proven reserves of oil in the world so their, their economy is purely based on the distribution of oil products and uh, essentially around 2012 2015 when we started beginning to see the overproduction of oil by OPEC saw the price of oil plummet essentially had a huge effect on uh, Venezuela's GDP and essentially, you know, uh, had all of these social stimulus programs sort of, you know, get into in, into uh, liquidity crisis as essentially Venezuela couldn't, you know, pay for their debts and costs. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, no. yeah. Like, what do you, what do you, I think like the main question is like, what do you think, um, what do you think the U.S. is getting out of supporting them? Like, what do you think the U.S. and Canada are getting out of supporting them? Well, so they're going to be kind of naive to assume that they're just doing this out of, like, the goodness of their hearts and, like, democratization and all that. See, this is your stuff. this is your classic – I'm of the belief that this is your classic Cold War politics, um, i.e., if you look at things from a realist perspective where the world is in a, a bipolar geopolitical environment, i.e., where there's two large powers who essentially allow for – you know, the uh, peaceful operation of the world. So be, the argument would be the West would be the U.S. and the East would be the Soviet Union or I guess uh, Russia now, right? And um, why I think this is classical uh, um, Cold War politics essentially is because people are essentially fighting for Venezuela to be a client state. What you need to understand right now is Venezuela is part of OPEC and essentially is much more friendly from an IR perspective to the Chinas, Russias, Irans of the world than they are of the more Western liberal nations, right? So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my 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 belief here is that why a country like this, like why Trump and why Trudeau want to have. Juan Guaido become the new president essentially is that that allows you know the country to become a new client state of the West and then has further reaching implications for oil production and possibly even just you know uh, support uh, or even just you know political uh, what political regime you sort of want existing in South America right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, yeah. So and, and so, so and I think the that that's indicative of the fact that um, what the U.S. is doing right now is essentially is, the, is that they've chosen to sanction uh, Venezuela, um, essentially not allowing the country to sell its oil and have profits to essentially run the country right now. And they're saying that we're only going to allow to open these accounts that uh, we're buying oil from essentially. Uh, um, if we know Juan Guaido has those uh, uh, accounts in his control, so essentially saying that we, we're not going to allow, we're not going to buy any more oil unless we know that Nicolas Maduro cannot have access to those funds, right? Which is causing a further humanitarian crisis in Venezuela, <laughs> which essentially now um, the West is trying to capitalize on again by sending this envoy, quote unquote, I say, of uh, humanitarian help into Venezuela, which is a huge international problem, actually, because that's actually a direct uh, uh, interference with international sovereignty of Venezuela. If the current president says, hey, I don't want foreign entities coming into here. And there's a, there's a huge uh, a proponent in, you know, journalism, journalists right now that believe that it's not just uh, foreign aid that's coming, that's going to be both coming into the country. It's going to be, you know, uh, some, some form of military aid and military intervention coming in there with, with aid as well. So there's this funny picture right now going on the internet of the road from uh, Colombia and Venezuela being blocked off by uh, essentially two tankers and, and, and sorry, it's two containers and, and a tanker essentially blocking off the road, not allowing foreign aid to come into the country, right? So, so like, and, and I think it's hugely irresponsible for any political leader right now to be backing a coup d'etat happening in Venezuela. So just, just to further elaborate on that too. So uh, essentially Maduro, like I said before, he's been struggling running this regime. There's been a whole bunch of problems. He's been having to do a whole bunch of wacky crap, essentially to try to sustain the economy. At one point, he tried to start a new cryptocurrency that would be backed by Venezuelan oil reserves. He further uh, um, went into that, you know, a joke of a decision by essentially deciding to turn, uh, involuntarily turning uh, Venezuela citizens' um, uh, uh, pensions into this cryptocurrency. So there's a whole bunch of things that were happening wrong here. No one's saying Maduro is a good leader at all, right? Um, however, however, uh, the problem essentially with th this. Juan Guaido is coming out of nowhere and saying that he's now the president is that Venezuela has a history of very, very bloody, very, very violent political transitions. And it's yeah. it, this would be a propagation or a continuation of that history because almost every single time those uh, political transitions were influenced by a foreign entity which further propagated more bloodshed, more chaos in the country of Venezuela. So it's something that's known and understood that you know foreign support of of of, of uh, any government entity in Venezuela is going to lead to to bloodshed. But more so than that, um, a country like the U.S. should definitely stay out of this scenario, considering things that have occurred, um, like for example. Iraq, well, there's that whole issue there. <laughs> uh, Syria, there's so many other, so, so many other situations, right? And then even, yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, no, like just to add on to your, I think that's like a universal agreement, like one of the few universal agreements is that if this, if like they're gonna sort out who the rightful leader is, regardless of um, kind of like the shadow motivations behind. Um, the new candidate, I'm blanking on his name right now, the new candidate or Maduro. Yeah. Um, regardless of which one it is, like they both have like their negative sides, but the one thing that people universally agree on is that the U.S. should take like the most minimal, if at all, a role in this. They should, um, they, they especially should be... due to their history in Latin America. Yeah. Like, oh, like overly trying, like openly trying to overthrow the Guatemalan government in the 1950s. Like that's like, yeah. that doesn't look good. You know, yeah, like yeah. 
and, too when you ex- exactly and, and and it's usually hypocritical for 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 this one thing to be getting bipartisan report uh, sorry bipartisan support in the states right now considering democrats are going haywire off of possible russian collusion in an election that included friggin facebook messages or something like that and these guys are willing to go support a military coup d'etat happening in venezuela that's so incredibly like like not even hypocritical just so irresponsible it's insane yeah, no, for sure. Like, it's, like, there's, like, a huge history of the U.S. destabilizing Latin America, right? So, yeah. like, I'm not even surprised that this is happening. Yeah. It, it's, like, this is, this is, um, this is, um, this is, like, character, this is, like, totally characteristic of the United States and the West in general. Yeah. Um, it, it, and, like, I, you can definitely point at it as, like, a post-Cold War, like, pro-NATO kind of thing. Yeah. Um. As like anti-NATO as Trump seems, I think he still has like an inherent yeah. interest in keeping it alive, seeing how the U.S. is like the biggest part of it. Yeah. Um, and like even post, like even during the Cold War, um, there's like a huge history of Russia and the U.S. having like this unspoken rule of NATO doesn't expand east, and then they agree on it, and then guess what? The U.S. expands east, and <laughs> like yeah. it ends up in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, it's it, it, yeah, it's like really incredibly problematic, and especially right now, the biggest problem is that considering the other um, theaters of conflict, specifically, you could talk about Syria right now. Uh, it, it, it is that okay? So Maduro right now is supported by China and Russia, who flat out said they support the Maduro regime, and they've told the U.S. to stay the hell out, right? So this could actually cause a proxy a war, similar to what we've seen in the Middle East, in the closest proximity to the north american block we've ever seen in the world right so this is the problem here basically like like what i'm trying to say is that the eastern alliances which i'm colloquializing them as right now which is russia and china and those parties have said stay the hell out of venezuela and the u.s right now is essentially sitting on the border waiting to push assets in there right now and I don't think they understand the greater problem this could provide, um, a, not only for Venezuelans, but like this could, could, could contage further contagion in South America. There's other South American states that are interested in, you know, in invading Venezuela. That's not to forget that, like, you know, all of South American generals and mass political to a turmoil. I'm, I'm just saying you don't want to see South America turn into the new Middle East. You know what I mean? And there's, there's a huge possibility it can, it can occur like that if something like Venezuela is the first tick, ticking block for our proxy war to go off, right? So I think that's something people really need to closely watch. That's why Nicolas Maduro right now is still in power. He does have support of Russia and China. I think Maduro is actually playing a really solid hand right now by not aggressively going after Juan Guaido um, because essentially that's what happened in the last coup d'etat where you literally had the Venezuelan military shooting down um, uh, Air Force, uh, Venezuelan Air Force jets out of the sky, right? So it's it's a very tense scenario right now in Venezuela. Like it's like it's massively tense, and I think people who are proved to be such political failures, such as Justin Trudeau, should stay the hell out of this specific scenario. <laughs> can, 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 Canada Canada has no play in this at all. Justin Trudeau has way more problems to deal with by himself. He needs to be shutting the hell up about this completely and utterly. I had to throw my shot in there, man. For a guy, this guy, for for a guy who's as as politically apt as fucking Elmer Fudd in international relations, bro. Like I, I have no idea what he thinks he's doing, fumbling around in this. You know, well, like, you can see why he's. You can see why Canada. I shouldn't. I, I don't think you should just point blame at Justin Trudeau. You know, like he's definitely helped responsible because he's a leader. Um, like this is a 
government-wide decision, I think. Right? Well, well, no, um, I, I think even on a, on, a, on a larger scale, it shows how hypocritical and how unbalanced uh, Canada is in their stance on IR. Because we seem to be doing a lot of things that are still in line with our alliances with America, while we're still openly being like you know in in, in opposition to them at the same time too. Do you get what I mean? Like this goes back even with the situation, the extradition of, of uh, the Huawei exec, right? Why is uh, Canada still staying in line step with these things? Like, I don't know. It just sort of shows like the, the, the non-uniformity in like logic gates or logic and decision-making essentially when it comes to IR for Canada. Well, I think, like I think it, I wouldn't call it illogical. I'd call it, um, I'd say, like, it doesn't have much of a backbone, but it's definitely logical. Like, you can definitely understand why. There's definitely reasons why Canada goes along with the IR goals of the U.S., even if the ideological stances are completely opposite to one another. Y- yeah. Um, but it, like, it, it, like, you can definitely see why Trudeau goes along with this. Like, it's not it's not a surprise to anyone, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess that's true. Um, however, I, I think he should have, this just shows me, I guess that this is not, this, this has something to do more so with the military, because when you hear Canada and the U S be in line step in decision-making in something like Syria or something like, um, Venezuela, it shows me that uh, the administrations, as much as they're, um, you know, not on the same points on other talking points, whether it becomes the, uh, the economy or other international treaties, that when it comes to something in terms of military intervention, they're always in line step. And I think this is, this just shows me how coordinated the military arms complex is like do you know what i mean they they're, they're the most like like coordinated they get things done there's no bipartisan politics when there's an issue they run to it and i think this is in line with a whole bunch of problematic issues that on an ir perspective people should have a problem with however people always get like super excited about like for example syria i have no idea why a whole bunch of people who are liberal and left left leaning are all gung ho about having boots on the ground in Syria? That that doesn't make any sense to me, right? That's that, that's one of those other things I'm talking about, basically, where there's this weird line step of decision making when, from an ethical and moral perspective, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Well, like that, I think that's just politics, you know. Like <laughs> you can't expect complete, um, total, um compliance to like their ideological stance especially when you live in a country like canada yeah. like i don't think there is a single pm that like i think john christian standing up to the u.s yeah um, back in the early 2000s was like a unique case yeah exactly why, and we were in a unique position uh, and i totally understand why that would be upsetting uh, or it would seem like unethical or kind of but this is this um, is, I, I would say this is very similar i mean i guess the one thing is that uh, as long as we don't provide military assets, because that's what John Kishan put his foot down and he said we're not providing military assets. If, if if Justin Trudeau provides military assets to go down to Venezuela, he will be the largest demagogue of all time. Be, because this is this this is exactly a similar scenario where um, it would be completely illegal for them to go into that country, considering that uh, they're supporting a military coup and they didn't even give the existing leader time to possibly even consider setting up an election of his own. So it's 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 like this is this is distinctly illegal from an IR perspective. Well, like this, like this, this conversation could get so much bigger. <laughs> yeah. Like was, I have trouble with IR because it's just so up in the air, and you never really know what you know. Um, and also, like in the abstract, international law really doesn't exist. 
especially when countries like the U.S. can do things like they did in Guatemala and um, face, like, zero repercussions for it. Like, it's just, I think it ultimately the situation in Venezuela comes down to, um, like, trying to avoid violence yeah. in any manner, right? And also trying to reinstate a government that is not going to starve its people <laughs> yeah. and be horribly oppressive. And also kind of, like, where you stand on... Uh, the balance of powers in the world and kind of like the Russia-China block and like the U.S.-Canada-Australia-Great Britain block. Yeah. Um, and like, I think you, I think you were really accurate in pointing out that this is more indicative or this is really um, reflective of kind of Cold War thinking. Um, but I don't think it's, like, also I don't think it's accurate to call it Cold War thinking because like that kind of thinking has persisted for so long. Um, it's more like um I think this is just people fighting for like penetration of the Venezuelan financial market uh, and kind well, of so, so you, wanting to control oil and um, wanting to have another arm of influence over in Latin America. So with all this talk of, of Chinese dominance and whatnot, you don't think we've entered a new phase of the Cold War in 2019? Just a new flavor? Do I think we've entered a new Cold War? Yeah. Oh, man. That's a big commitment. <laughs> I mean, like... I think it's definitely gotten more dangerous and more tense. Um, and I think that's a reflection of like the greater amount of polarization you see and kind of um, people are becoming more polarized in their political views and less. Um, like I think the U.S. is like the U.S. and Canada are like, or the U.S. more specifically is a great example of kind of like that you can extrapolate from and apply it to the world and like a country macro sense. Yeah. Um, like politics in America is very polarized, right? Like the right and the left are totally different, and very little, very rarely are there any centrists. Yeah. Um, or at least that's how it appears. Um, I think that's pretty indicative of IR over the past 100 years. Um, it's pretty reflective of IR over the past 100 years because you always have like a um, you have a country and it has like an ideological stance, or at least the government does, which is more or less reflective of the people that elect it. Hopefully. Um, I know they're getting way out there, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, you can't, I don't think you can, like, you can't point, like my point was that you can't point to like a Canadian leader and blame him or, or call him or call him or her backbone for doing something that's clearly in the interest of the block that it's a part of. Like, yeah. it's, it's very easy to understand why Trudeau goes along with American plans to reassert dominance in Latin uh, America. Oh, I, like, I, 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 can e- I can easily do that, and I will take every opportunity I can to call Justin Trudeau an invertebrate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but, like, what would you do differently? That's, like, that's, that's the thing. And okay, what, wait, 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 wait. What would I do differently in which capacity? In which capacity? Like, which is, like, which one? Wait, you gotta say that again. What would I do differently, like in, in uh, what, what decision? Oh, okay. So, like, if you were Justin Trudeau, and the question of um, supporting the new leader in Venezuela came up, would you say yes or no? I would say, um, realistically speaking, Venezuela is responsible for its own internal and external sovereignty. It's up to the Venezuelan people to choose who their next democratically elected leader is. No foreign entity should take place in anything to do with their election process. Right. So, like, I think, so if if there is an authoritarian government, yeah, um, and like, just this is just like, uh, I'm not saying the 
case, isn't that like this is an example, right? So if in Venezuela there was like a strictly authoritarian government where that didn't that proposed as legally democratic and posed as if it had these fair elections, um, do you think that Justin Trudeau as Canada has a responsibility to promote a more fair practice of democracy in that com- in that country? Um I think that is no. I would say no. He doesn't have the right to. I don't think any any country has the right to because countries that are standing on that platform of I.E. Oh, I need to be able to support democratic countries when uh, they have a leader that's not exactly being the most supportive of their people choose to forget forego their own um, democratic uh, uh, allies that are in the same scenario. So I'll give you a direct comparison. Let's look at right now with France, the Yellow Jacket movement, and Macron. Okay, so. The, France is literally on fire. This is like the majority of uh, the, 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 the majority of people in, in France are part of this yellow jacket movement. They're calling directly for Macron to get taken out of government. He's deployed over eighty thousand police onto the streets. Why aren't we going to France right now and bombing, uh, you know, the administration over there and sending troops on the ground or supporting the yellow jackets and arming them with guns and whatnot to go overthrow the uh, the, the the despotic regime? of Macron. Why aren't we doing that? No, I mean, like, that's a fair comparison, but I think there's like some really key differences the in white? the countries that we're talking about. I get it, and like, yeah, you're right. I mean, for sure, Venezuela and France is comparing apples to oranges to some extent. However, this thing does; these things do occur, and like those similar comparisons during the Arab Spring, when those other countries that um, other other developed countries are having uh, civil disputes, and you didn't see other foreign entities come in to support them, right? Like it's it's so it's it's really crappy how uh, governments want to be very picky and choosy about who they want to support. Another example again would be uh, the whole situation that happened in Rwanda, right? How basically, you know, the, the, the UN and developed states will really pick and choose the atrocities they want to go explore when it ha- when the country has resources that they can go exploit themselves, you know? So, like, I, 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 hate, I hate when states stand on this moral high horse of, you know, ethics that's literally is just sit, that's just there to, you know, mirror their, the, 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 the devious aspects of their actions. I mean, I think, no, I, I, I think in principle I understand what you're saying. Um, and like I know, I know you understand that like semantics matter, like yeah. small things matter when you're talking about comparing countries to countries. Yeah. Um, but I think there's other ways of supporting democratic leaders and like the democratic values that like I personally value. And I'm assuming you do as well. Yeah. Um, um, there's ways of supporting those things without bombing the shit out of the country. You yeah. Know? yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there's ways which is like. And, and, which is like supporting internal democratic forces like this governor. Yeah, and I want to make this perfectly clear because I think that there's something else when I was reading the news today in articles that uh, I realized uh, reporters are being very biased and explaining. They're, so basically right now people are trying to harp on Maduro and saying that he's cut off the borders to, um, to human, humanitarian aid. Right? Okay, sure. Okay. So the countries that are looking to provide humanitarian aid are, I believe, primarily is the U.S. People don't understand that the U.S. just sanctioned Venezuela to crap. They cannot pay for social programs to feed their people, although there's already a food crisis down there already. So the U.S. is propagating a further humanitarian crisis and now <laughs> complaining that Venezuela is not allowing them to send humanitarian aid. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's oh, like, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, that's totally it's like, hypocritical. Yeah, it's like, it's like a bully punching a kid and saying, stop hitting yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 
it's completely hypocritical. But yeah, these are the things that bother me about developed nations and how they act when it comes to you know developing nations. And the other part of it is how this is completely now they can get bipartisan support about this. They can't open a, a they can't open their government over a friggin' wall. But when it comes to you know d destroying a government in South America, yeah, they'll, let's, let's all get together. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, and that's the thing. No one is saying that Maduro is like the Pope. No one's saying Maduro's and no one's saying that they couldn't do a better job than Maduro himself. You know, all people I think are saying is that okay, well we know he's a bad leader. Let Venezuela take him out himself. Let them have their own transition of government. Because the other the other part about here is the stupid part about this is Juan Guaido essentially is also emboldened support for Maduro. I think in, it is my of my opinion that sentiment was getting into the country to the point where there were even um, elements of the government were like, "Wow, this this Maduro guy is a real asshole. We got to kick him out." But now when you have this happening, and they have the 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 straw man now, they can say of a foreign entity coming to invade us. Now he gains support. You know what I mean? No one wants to get invaded. Like no one wants to get invaded. <laughs> Right and and, and, yeah, and 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 you have to remember, like a lot of these a lot of these countries are interested in in uh, supporting Juan Guaido because I will mention again, Venezuela is the largest net oil producer of oil in the world and has the largest proven oil reserves, which is a huge thing right now in an environment where people are, are uh, don't consider peak oil a uh, conspiracy theory anymore. have more of a point if Juan Guaido wasn't so widely supported. The other, no, no, no. I think it's fair to call it a coup yeah. if the person doing the coup is violently taking it by force without much support from anybody. So, so Guan... He's gained support in so many ways. Yeah, no, no, and, no. Like, no. the states are just but but he, he so he has okay so Juan Guaido has support from foreign entities D internally though domestically in in Venezuela he's losing support <laughs> like already, people the people already don't believe in it like they already know and that's and that's what I'm trying to say here that the biggest problem what people in the states don't understand is how dangerous this is okay like like okay comparison here um Saddam Hussein terrible leader terrible leader they took him out and caused a power vacuum. We don't know what Juan Guaido is capable of or not capable of. You put him into power, what's to say he doesn't get killed in the next week? And now there's new power battle happening in Venezuela. That's the issue here people are saying. This country is rife with issues like that. For years, they've had a power struggle over like the administration, right? So the issue here is that now you're just going to throw some guy into power. Who knows what's going to happen to him? You know what I mean? Is he going to survive a month, three months, a year, two years, three years? If he doesn't, what happens next? He's only the interim leader too. That's the biggest problem. He's not. He's not been elected in. So it's like, like the, 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 by by supporting Juan Guaido, you're you're literally like, like forecasting like massive problems in Venezuela. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're right in that 
thing is totally destabilizing. It could cause yeah. a huge amount of violence and a huge mess. You're right. Um, it, but it, I think like one like one thing that I'd point out is that um, Maduro's like like does the does the principle does your principle change if you know for a fact that Maduro's re-election was completely fraud and rigged? Maduro's like, probably going to get assassinated. Like, that's question A, right? So like does there's this principle of he was the illegitimate leader, so he should be able, and the country should be able to sort it out themselves. Yeah. Um, does that does that stay even if you know he wasn't legitimately elected? And had like it been a real election, he might not have been elected. Uh, he, you know, was, so, like, that, he was. He was. He was. He was. Like, is the basis to call him a legitimate re- leader still there? No. No. Madu- if Madu- nobody recognizes him as a legitimate leader, and nobody wants to. Um, work with Venezuela on like an IR scale, but also work in the civil service or work to better the country and nobody takes ownership and there's no sense of um, nationalism in the country because everyone hates the leader. Even though I know you're right, like he still has a lot of support. Yeah. Um, like the thing that gives him legitimacy is that people recognize him as legitimate and clearly there isn't a lot of people recognizing him as legitimate. And there's reason to believe that because like stats show that it was totally rigged. <laughs> like so like it's either you support this guy who um, you could say um, you could say support this person because he was elected within the country by the people that live in the country, and you could take that to the umpth degree until he's been leader for 40 years, and you could just keep supporting these rigged elections, or you could say, okay, well, like this guy isn't a legitimate leader because a there's still a ton of internal opposition to him, b there's a ton of international relation opposition to him, and c the countries that are supporting Maduro are the ones that are also known for rigged elections. Like what, what you could take that you could take that principle of, oh, we should recognize that the Venezuelans elected this person as a legitimate government regardless of what the facts tell us to the umpteenth degree and he could just be a leader for sixty years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I definitely get that. I guess it, 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 it it's it's to the extent of what's what, what benefit are you really looking to employ here? You know what I mean? And then that even goes into the argument of like does 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 spreading the liberal democracies get into hypocrisies because essentially now you're invading on people's sovereignty? Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like this is like like the United States like has a horrible track record in Latin America. You're totally right, yeah. and like this is just like another huge example of them overstepping their boundaries for sure. Yeah. Um, but like, I think it's, it's like a measure of, it's almost like a measure of oppression. You know what I mean? Like oppression Olympics. Yeah. Like, am I being oppressed <laughs> by Maduro more? Or am I being oppressed by the United States? More? Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and it's like too, but like it, that, that's exactly what it is. And then, but it's, it's to what extent does Venezuela get to benefit from this, right? Like at the end of the day, I, 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 I don't know. You, you bring, you bring a very good point. But uh, I guess like the, the major argument here that uh, a lot of people are having a, uh, problems, which is the lowest hanging fruit, is that the sentiment is that the country was literally going to get rid of Maduro themselves, and now this action has reignited support for him. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I think like my 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 conclusion would be like I agree with you that the country needs to get rid of them themselves. Yeah, but I think this interim president declaring himself like Juan declaring himself president is that country trying to do it exactly I think that's something you should support no and and, and I agree with that and that, that, that and that part's perfectly okay the only problem was foreign entities coming in because based on what you said too um based on on uh, the US's history in Latin America 
a lot of the population there, as soon as they hear the U.S. is involved, automatic uh, straw man now, right? So they they pretty much they pretty much killed Juan Guaido by, by supporting him immediately. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. yeah. And then and then to add further insult to in, uh, to injury by sanctioning that country and sending it further into poverty, like that's terrible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a, in an ideal situation, like this all settles without violence and it all settles within the country itself by the people in the country itself. But like at this point, there's so many like foreign entities involved and so many of them have taken a side that it's like most likely going to end in violence, I think. Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah. Cause yeah. If the world worked like that, you would need a MasterCard. Yep. Yep. Yeah, wrong. So. All right. I think this is a good summary. All right, we're, all right dude. I got to...